Hey, Stapleton Church. This is Pastor Matt here, and I am so excited to bring you some news. We have a special announcement today because we are planting a church. You know, a church, our goal is to help you go deep. We want you to go deep and grow in your faith. We also want to grow wide because we want to see new people come to faith in our church. But we also want to multiply. We want to go deep, wide, and multiplied because when we multiply, we allow and start other churches that can make more disciples of Jesus because that is our calling, to make disciples of all nations. And here just in Denver, we're not keeping up churches are with population growth. Some churches are shutting down right now because of the pandemic. So we right now have the opportunity to start a new church. We're excited about it. Our, church, our city needs so many more churches. And I think you guys are going to be excited because it's someone you know. It's our very own community pastor, Grant Ryder. Grant and his wife Leah and their family have heard the call of God to plant a church, and we're excited to be able to send them off. He's gone through a really long process, and he's continued to be trained by Converge, the network that we're partnering with, and we are going to be sending them out this fall. So this is kind of the big, official, exciting announcement. He is going to share a little bit about the location where he's planting, um, when it's going to happen, a little bit more details you'll hear from him in just a minute as he shares the message and shares some of their story. But what I want to say is we are excited and we are behind this because we are multiplying as a church and we are going to increase our impact because of that, deep, wide, and multiplied. So please get behind Grant. Reach out to him. Stay connected. Pray with him. Some of you are even going to feel the call to go and help him start this church, be part of his core team. Others of you will be giving a financial gift or a regular financial gift to support them through this. This is so exciting. A lot of churches never multiply like this, and the fact that we can do this is really, really cool. So uh, I'm excited. I'm going to say a prayer, and then I'm going to turn it over to Grant, who's going to give us the message and share some of his story today. Lord God, I just pray for Grant that you would not only speak to him through your word to us and to our hearts, but that you would also prepare him for this incredible endeavor. Be with him and with Leah and their family. Bless them through this. Would you just take them and give them the courage and the strength and provide every dollar, every person that they need to reach new people with the gospel of Jesus so to see more people follow you and lives transformed. And I just pray, Lord God, that you would be with him today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, Stapleton Church. Um, I'm so excited to be with you today. Uh, my name is Grant Ryder. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm the community pastor here at Stapleton Church and uh, have loved the opportunity I've had to serve in this role. I'm excited to open up God's Word with you today. And I'm also really excited about uh, the video that you just saw from Pastor Matt. Uh, we're officially being sent out from Stapleton Church, and we are so, so excited about this partnership and all that God's going to do through it. I'm going to share a little bit more about this opportunity kind of as we go through our time together today and even invite you into a few specific opportunities to partner with us as we conclude today. Uh, But we're going to continue in this exciting series that we've started over the past few weeks entitled Jesus Is... And we're going to be in Luke chapter 9 today. We're going to see an exciting story that has a lot of highs and lows in it. And I hope that through it, you'll see a really unique picture of who Jesus is. And so as we jump in to Luke chapter 9, I want to invite you to do something special with me today. I want to invite you, as best you can, to put yourself in the shoes of the characters of this story. A lot of times we hear Bible stories, we read about Jesus' life, even the miracles that he performed, but rarely do we put ourselves in the shoes of the characters and try to feel and think 
and see how they saw these events unfold. Try to do that with me today and let's see what God teaches you. Well, up until this point, we've seen Jesus doing some pretty incredible things, right? Jesus is making waves. His reputation is growing throughout the region. In fact, he, Jesus, has 12 chosen disciples that he handpicked who have been following him, who have been doing various tasks, who have been helping control the crowds, and most importantly, they have been learning from Jesus. Yes, they have been sitting with Jesus, hearing him preach, asking him questions, and following him day and night, doing ministry alongside him. Well, after so much listening and learning and watching their master, Jesus finally turns to them and says, I have something for you. And that's where we pick the story up in Luke chapter 9, beginning in verse 1, where it says this, that when Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So after all this time of following Jesus, and hearing him preach about the kingdom of God, and, and seeing him heal people's sicknesses and cast out demons, Jesus brings his disciples in here, and he says, it's your turn. It's your turn. And at this point, Jesus commissions his disciples, and, and, and he sends them out to go and further the work of the kingdom of God. He gives them his authority and his power, and he sends them out to other regions to proclaim the kingdom of God and to do the miracles that he's been doing. Now, imagine what the disciples might have been thinking, what they might have been feeling as this mission was given to them. Being sent out on a mission for Jesus is pretty exciting, right? But wait a second. You want us to go preach? We didn't have any experience doing that. You want us to perform miracles? We don't have that kind of power. Jesus, we're your disciples. We follow you. And you want us to do this? I don't know about you, but I think at this point, I would probably be feeling a little intimidated, maybe a little overwhelmed, and probably pretty underqualified for this task. But you know what? Jesus doesn't even stop there. He continues in the next verse and he says, And he also told them, Take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So not only are the disciples being sent out to go and preach and to perform miracles, but Jesus is also telling them to literally take nothing with them for the journey. Now remember, this is happening over 2,000 years ago in the middle of the Middle East. So this isn't your casual stroll from Stapleton to downtown Denver. No, this is a rugged landscape where there's harsh conditions and very limited resources. And this is the journey that Jesus is saying, don't take anything with you, not even a change of clothes. And if that's not enough, he also commands his disciples to perform this sort of symbolic gesture of shaking the dust off their feet as a testimony against anybody who doesn't accept what they're doing. So if I'm the disciples right now, this mission just got a whole lot more real. 
And that's something that uh, could potentially even bring about some resistance or even opposition. I think at this point, if I'm hearing Jesus' words, I might be a little concerned. I don't know if we can do this. Maybe even a little anxious or, or worried at what might happen. However you might uh, react or you might imagine the disciples reacting in this moment, I think we all could probably agree that this mission is extremely daunting. And I'll be honest with you today, I feel like I can relate a little bit to where these disciples might have been. As you know by now, uh, we feel like God is calling us. My family and I is calling us to step out into the unknown and to go and plant a church in the reunion community that's about 25 minutes northeast of here. Right now in Reunion, there's over 50,000 people that live there. And as we've been able to identify, there's only two established churches and one church plant. It's over 15,000 people per church in that area. There's a huge need, not to mention the percentage of people who don't identify with any religious belief. There's a large need, and we feel this call by God to go be a part of meeting that need and stepping out into unfamiliar territory and bringing the gospel to so many people who need hope right now. But you know what? The mission is daunting. I've never planted a church. And there's been so many times I've looked at that and said, God, I'm not qualified for this. I can't do this. And we also don't know what our finances are going to look like. Planning a church is a full-time endeavor that requires a lot of investment and energy and time. And so we're praying and we're trusting that God's going to raise up individuals to help financially support us as we move into this fully. We're also living in a house right now that's not ours. And within the next six to eight months, this house is probably going to be sold. And so we're trusting and we're praying that God's going to provide a place for us as well. And if that's not enough, you know what else is a little concerning? We're in the middle of a global pandemic right now. And and the financial situation of our country is is a little unstable right now. This mission is extremely daunting. And honestly, we don't know how it's all going to work out. But I do know this. We need your help. I want to ask that you would pray and consider partnering with us, making this mission your own so that together we can expand the reach of the gospel in such a critical time in the history of our world. The future is a little uncertain, but we, just like, the, just like Jesus was training his disciples here, we are learning to trust that where Jesus calls us, he will go with us. This mission that Jesus gave his disciples was pretty daunting. But he gave them his power and his authority to go where he called them and do what he commanded them. Along with the assurance that he would provide for their needs in every step. All they needed to do was go. Step out and go. And you know what? That's exactly what they did. Verse 6 continues and it says, So they set out and they went from village to village proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. So after this mission seems so daunting and intimidating from the beginning, we see here that the disciples are actually doing it. They're fulfilling the mission. They're, they're, they're successful. They're preaching the good news. And they're healing people everywhere they went. And so I imagine at this point, these disciples are pretty pumped up. 
They're excited. They're rejoicing. They're seeing lives changed and they're seeing God work powerfully through their ministry. But just when things couldn't have been going any better for these 12 disciples, they hear something that's absolutely shocking. Out in the middle of their mission, they receive devastating news. John the Baptist has been murdered. The next few verses of our passage share a little bit about this, but it's really in Matthew chapter 14, another gospel, that we really kind of see a fuller account of this whole situation and what was happening and what happened to John. And basically what happened was that the governor of the region, whose name was Herod, had John arrested for some things that he was preaching about and then had him through a set of circumstances, he had John beheaded in prison. This was awful, terrible, and even terrifying news. And this was no small thing. This was John the Baptist. This was the prophet that Jesus had even said was the greatest prophet to have ever lived. And even prior to the rise of Jesus, John the Baptist was one of the most important preachers and spiritual figures of that day. So much so that even some of Jesus' disciples were John's disciples before that. They would have known John. They would have learned things from John and they would have loved him as their past leader. So you can imagine what this kind of news would have done to the disciples when they heard this. How it might have shaken them. How many of you know the name Billy Graham? I'm sure most of us probably do. If you don't, uh, look him up. A fantastic person. Incredible life. Billy Graham, I, I watched a documentary on his life just a little while back, and it was incredible. Brought me to tears. Billy Graham truly was one of the most important and most influential people in the world during his time not to mention as a leader within the Christian faith since the time of Christ. Billy Graham was a powerful evangelist that God used to reach thousands and thousands of people, and his influence is still being felt today. Now, I'm not saying this would ever happen, so don't misunderstand me here, but just imagine Billy Graham while he's in the prime of his career. Just imagine what, what would happen if Billy Graham would have been taken captive or arrested by a political leader within our country and then executed. Imagine the waves of fear and shock that would sweep through Christianity if something like that happened. But then take it a step further and imagine if Billy Graham was your personal mentor who had discipled you and poured into you and then out of nowhere was arrested and executed in a brutal way. I think most of us, like these disciples, would have been devastated, shocked, and overcome with grief. And I imagine that as these disciples wrestled with what the news that they heard about John, they probably understood a little bit more clearly the price of following Jesus. And that it may even cost them their lives. So as you can imagine, this situation certainly shook things up. But our story continues in verse 13, and it says that when the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took them with him, and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. 
the other Gospels, Matthew and Mark, share a little bit more details here. But basically, after, after weeks and a uh, so long period of time of exhausting ministry, and then this, this shocking news of John's death, the disciples return, they report to Jesus what they've done, and, and they share this news, and Jesus sees them. He meets them in their need, and He calls them away with Him to just rest. Come away and rest. Imagine the feeling that the disciples had in that moment. How comforting that might have been. After all of this mental and emotional and physical exhaustion, they finally get the chance to just go away with Jesus and rest and be still. Isn't that a great feeling? Maybe you've had an experience like this. Or maybe it's as simple as you've had a long day or a tough day. Or maybe you've been out in the hot sun all day and you come home and you walk through the door, you kick off your shoes and you sit down with a cool glass of water and you just relax. It seems like in that moment, the burden of everything else, even if it's just for a moment, just kind of seems to fade away. I imagine that's probably a little bit of what the disciples were feeling when Jesus invited them to step aside, let's take a break and just go rest. We'll go back to that moment and imagine what you would feel like if right when you sit down and kind of breathe that sigh of relief, somebody comes up behind you and they tap you on the shoulder and they say, hey, hey, get up. I need you to come help me do something. What's probably the last thing that you want to do in that moment? Imagine it has something to do with helping those people, right? Well, guess what? That's exactly what happens to our disciples in this story. Because in verse 11 it says, But the crowds learned of it and followed him. So right after these guys finally get the chance to rest, they're bombarded by hordes of people who want to get to Jesus. And you know what happens next? It says that Jesus looks at the crowds with compassion. And he welcomes them. He invites them to come. And he begins engaging in full-on ministry, teaching and preaching and healing and helping these people. So despite their exhaustion and their grief, the twelve disciples don't even get the chance to rest before they're pushed right back out into the hot sun for an entire day of full-on ministry again. Which is probably, I imagine, the last place that they wanted to be in that moment. Now, if I'm the disciples right now, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm probably struggling a little bit. Exhausted, tired, maybe a little bit discouraged, probably even a little bit frustrated. And after a whole day passes by of doing ministry, being with Jesus, uh, the verses next say that the disciples came to Jesus at the end of the day, as evening setting in, and they say to Jesus, Jesus, you've got to send these people away. They're getting hungry. There's nothing here for them and we have nothing left to give them. You can just almost hear the fatigue in their words. But watch what Jesus says to them in response. In the next verse, Jesus responds and He says to them, He says, You give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. In other words, you do something to help them. What? If I'm the disciples, if I was there, I imagine in this moment I probably would have broken. 
I probably would have been so frustrated and maybe even mad at Jesus for what he does right here. After all we've been through, after everything we get, have given up, you want us to keep giving more? Jesus, you're the one who told us not to bring anything with us. We don't have bags. We don't have staffs. We don't have money. We don't even have money to buy food, let alone feeding thousands and thousands of people. The next verses say that the disciples respond and they say, all we have are five loaves and two fish. In other words, we have nothing. You've probably heard it said that God will never give you more than you can handle. I'm going to be honest with you. I kind of disagree with that statement. Because I see stories like this in which Jesus allows the disciples to go through a whole lot more than they can handle. But... It's in that moment when we have nothing left and we come to the end of, our, end of ourselves that Jesus steps in and shows us an important reality that's been there all along. And that's exactly what He does in this situation. The story concludes in verse 14 and says, He said to the disciples, Have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. The disciples did so, and everyone sat down. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The disciples were exhausted, grieving, frustrated, and totally powerless. But it was in this moment that I believe they realized once again who it was that was with them all along. As the people sat down, Jesus performed one of the most incredible miracles ever recorded. From the mere resources of five loaves and two fish, Jesus fed and satisfied what were most likely over 10,000 people. Think about that. I want you to take away the same lesson that I believe Jesus was teaching his disciples here. And it is this. Jesus is the one you need. Jesus is the one you need. When you feel like you have nothing left to give, when you come to the end of yourself, Jesus is the one you need. And Jesus, because He's the one you need, He will give you what you need. When you face impossible circumstances, or uncertainty lies before you, or fear creeps in, or you're wrestling with doubt, Jesus is the one that you need. Jesus will give you what you need. So often, we look out at the uncertainty or the impossibility that's ahead of us. Other times we look inward at the inexperience or the inability of ourselves. All the while, we miss the one who has been right beside us all along. This story conveys the powerful experience of the disciples as they are literally brought to the end of themselves and they have nothing left to give. But what's even more than that, I believe that this story is a call to each of us to trust the one who gave everything for us. And who will always go with us and be present to us where He calls us and in what He commands us to do. 
this story is a powerful reminder that when we face uncertainty, when we feel incapable, when we don't have anything left to give, it's not so much that we need all these things from Jesus, but that what we need most is Jesus himself. Jesus is the one you need. Jesus willingly laid down his own life to save you from your sins. So you can bank on the fact that He is the one you need, that He will go with you, and that He will always answer you in your deepest need. You might be here today, and, and you're hearing these things, and you're feeling like the disciples did at the beginning of this story. Maybe, maybe you're feeling God pulling on your heart and encouraging you to step out and begin serving other people. But you feel incapable or unqualified to do that. Well, I believe that God is. Jesus is leading you to step out because He wants to show His power through you. He wants to surround you with the help you need and to equip you to do that task well. Maybe you're like the disciples were in the middle of this story and you're feeling emotionally, you're struggling physically or or spiritually. Our friend Michelle Malik who's a part of our community group, she's a member of this church, she has been dealing with the effects of COVID for over two months now. And she's been battling and she's been fighting and it's been taking such a toll on her as she wrestles through this. Please pray for Michelle. But maybe you're in a similar spot and you're exhausted and you're tired and you're wrestling with questions. Well, I believe that Jesus sees you where you are. And that He wants to meet you in the vulnerable place that you're in for you to trust Him, to carry you, to encourage you, to heal you, and even use what you're going through to help someone else. Maybe you're hearing these things and you're feeling like God is calling you to step out and to begin sharing your faith with people outside the church. But it's intimidating maybe even a little bit daunting, and it may even affect your reputation. I want to challenge you to step out and trust that God will be present to you and that He'll give you what you need to be His most effective witness in every opportunity that He presents to you. You don't have to have it all figured out. You just need to step out and go. God will use you. Wherever you might be today, Jesus invites you to lay down those feelings of apprehension, intimidation, or even insecurity, or whatever the impossibility is before you, and come back to the reality that when you are weak, Jesus is strong, and that when you have nothing left to give, Jesus is always the one that you need, and He will always give you what you need. I'm excited to enter into that journey with you today. And I'm excited because I believe God is telling me and my family as well as those who join us in this mission to step out in faith and pursue this mission that He's set before us of planting a new church and and seeing the gospel go out in a world that desperately needs hope right now. And so as our sending church, I want to come to you today, Stapleton Church, and ask boldly that you will join us in this mission. I want to invite you to partner with us in the following ways. To pray for us, to give to us, and to go with us. We want as many people as possible to pray for us. That God will prepare a team and protect us and prepare the way for His truth to go out and for many lives to be reached and for His church to be planted. 
We also want to ask that you would prayerfully consider financially partnering with us in giving through one-time gifts and recurring giving so that our needs will be sustained as we, as we enter into this fully. And we also want to ask that you would open up yourself to the possibility of even coming with us, joining us in this mission and being physically present in what God is doing. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for your encouragement and your prayer. I cannot wait to see what God is going to do. Let's pray. Lord God, we we worship you and we thank you for the truth of your word and this powerful reminder that you truly are the one that we need. And that in our moments of doubt, in our moments of struggle, when we feel like we've got nothing left to give, that you will always give us what we need. I pray that you help us to trust you today, to follow you. And I pray, Lord, that you would use our lives and use uh, this gospel, Lord, as a testimony. And I pray that, Lord, we would live lives worthy of the gospel and that we would share it with so many people in our world who need hope right now. Go before us, God. Lead us into a deeper relationship with you and teach us, God, to make you known in this world. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Wasn't that exciting to hear from Grant and what a powerful message he delivered today. We do encourage you as a church to get behind Grant, whether you're going to physically go or or support him through prayer or support him financially. And in fact, we have set up a giving fund through our church called our Church Planting Fund. And if you want to give today, because we encourage you to give today to not only our church, but if you want to give a special gift to this giving fund, you can go to our website. You can go to stapletonchurch.com and you can click the Give button. And if you go there, you can choose in the drop-down menu to give to the Church Planting Fund. And that money will go to support Grant and Leah Ryder in their new endeavor. So would you please take that moment right now to give?